I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. How have I been successful in life? Welcome to this week's edition of the MMA Analysis Podcast. I am your host, Lance Bissell. We got a shitty card, but we got the best man in the world on it. So I guess gives and takes in this world. You, Sean, how are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is... uh... This is a typical UFC uh, pay-per-view that occurs in Canada. We get a <laughs> a women headliner and a bunch of shitty Canadians and maybe one one good fight. And obviously, it's, it's a great fight because of who's in it. But uh, that's about as good as you can get when you uh, you get a pay-per-view up here. We we it feels like we had better. Uh, it's getting close. We had some better like Fox cards or ESPN cards. Like it's when it's pay per view, it's usually bad. It's getting closer and closer, boys. Bellator. That's, that's no that's Bellator. Bellator. Yeah, it's the FCO analysis swag, baby. That's that is OG. When? When? What year was that from? Are we God. talking like 2014? It, it. But it was way. It's when I first started listening to the podcast i think uh i think andrew be, yeah. was still on it and shit yeah, yeah that's gotta be like yeah. 2013 i mean i've been on like the that. podcast for like six or seven years now yeah. it's kind of it crazy yeah. i've been uh i've been on it for a good bit <laughs> a little bit uh so i've been on it so long that like ivan was like eight years old when we first did it and it was basically just me talking to Ivan was a groomsman in my brother's wedding nice. a month ago. Nice. So, pretty funny. <laughs> but, yeah, this card sucks. I mean, I, I I understand, like, a fight night card, if you go to, like, somewhere in Canada, like, it's going to sell out no matter what, right? Like, I get it. Like, if this was a fight night card, it would sell out in five minutes. Whatever. Who cares what the card looks like? And same thing with the ESPN Plus cards or Apex cards, whatever. Any, but, yeah, any of them. It's any of the any of the cards that are outside of the apex now sell out there because people are clamoring to get to a card. Yeah, still, still sure, doesn't mean they don't fucking suck. You know. Yeah, I'm sure this sold out. But the thing that makes no sense about this is it's pay per view, so they're gonna lose lots of money by how just disgusting this card is. Like, but there's not, no way tons of money because of yes, don't matter. And... It don't matter. The number of pay per views definitely matters. It, it matters to ESPN. It damn sure don't matter to the UFC. Oh, the UFC. The flat rate. I, I, I would yeah. think that the UFC gets some sort of percentage off Most. Of that too. Most. You know, I, I like, would assume almost all. ESPN yeah. Plus, the, from what I understood of the deal, ESPN Plus, their main part of it is they got the ESPN Plus subscriptions. I'm sure they get a cut of the pay-per-view. But I'm pretty sure the actual like pay per view and where UFC makes all their money is still from pay per views outside of the ESPN deal. Like that is still an important part of their business. ESPN doesn't. It's much less now because they get they get a flat rate for that pay per view because you have to you have to have ESPN Plus to to order pay per views now. But the UFC still ESPN's giving them a flat rate. 
And then if if it is bigger, then they do get extra money. Yeah, like more. if it hits, well, just, extra you point. Like that. But they, they need to put. They they can't make that many like with with how it is. They can't make that many great pay per views. We were used to this. Every second pay per view was kind of pretty meh, and then every once in a while you get yeah, a the, really meh one. Some of those pay per views great though. They have been this year, but that's why they were due for a shit one. Like they. Some of those, some of those antitrust uh, docs came out and shit, and the UFC made more money last year by far than they've ever made any other year. And, and, and they, they did not have the on, best year. That yep, there was no way they sold anywhere Apex near amount card, of pay per views when yep. Connor was fucking Connor yeah, gone. Well, Apex cards, no road travel and shit, and they made more money than they've ever made. I, I don't know what the, the revenue increase was like exactly from like this year to last year. But if you look at like a gross margin perspective, like, I mean, I, I don't even want to think about what they're running from, from margins once they went to the apex, because even if they sold out an apex and they made a bunch of money on it, their profit margins probably weren't that great. There's a reason they're not doing shows. And like, you, I saw someone on Twitter talking about how like, Oh, it's the economics of it, why they're not doing it. Well, no shit in this, I'm sure 16-year-old was like, ah, oh, fuck that. It's another billion-dollar company doing the wrong thing. It's a for-profit company. I don't know a company in the world that would do something because, hey, it'd be cooler for people. <laughs> like, I that's mean, business oh, they're just being lazy. They're they're sitting on their <laughs> stacks of cash. They don't yeah, need John, to fucking... It's not being lazy. It's being financially smart. If they make... Yeah, yeah I mean, you, well, you can... If they yeah, make more being... money and a higher gross margin, why would, they, why would they do shows? They might do one a month just to you know, get fans excited and give really big revenue cards, but for their business model now, I'm, I'm sure when, you know, especially with Endeavor public company and all that, like when you go public, that's when gross margins are, they're everything, right? Yeah, it's not got, just, you got it's not just more to answer to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, me, John, I <laughs> John, John Nash, like has been on that shit for, six or seven years now and all those docs came out and he went through that shit and was breaking it down. It was literally like they are making gross profits on every part of their business now with the UFC from sponsors to the apex. Like that is money for them. Like they're throwing you the shittiest shit card they can imagine. ESPN's paying them the same regardless. They don't have to travel. They don't have to take their crew. They don't have to do none of that shit. Yeah, like when they go to say ten and ten. Like when they go to say like New Jersey, when they do like the Prudential Center or something. Yes, that's a money maker. When that sells out in that market, that's a that's a big money maker outside of the apex. But besides that, when they go to fucking North Carolina, when they were in fucking bumfuck Carolina a month ago, ain't fucking making so much extra money on holding a card. They still make, and, and that's the difference between a public company and not public company. It, it's it's revenue versus gross margin. And when you're public, gross margin a lot of the time for investors, boards, things like that is more important than just revenue. It's not just how much are you making, but how much are you making, you know, that, according to your margins. And and that's the big change. That's a change. Yeah. It's not just obviously Endeavor. That's any company. Like I've been working in the software industry for a very, very, very long time. And it's like, a flip switches when you go public and it's like gross margins, everything. And everyone's miserable. You cut in different areas. Salespeople get fucked. And that's just, that's just how it works when you go public and the UFC is doing the same thing. They're, they're looking at their margins and they get such a huge impact from this ESPN deal and doing these apex shows. They don't, they don't give a fuck about it's better it's than ever. Their, their gross margins, how you say are better yep. than ever. 
they they are making more money yeah. than ever. Yeah. It's wild. I don't even want to think about what their margins are. They got to be just absolutely ass. I mean, when you when you got when you got ten fights and the most a dude might be making is twenty four and twenty four or thirty and like imagine that like that is yeah. they're making so much money. The 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 octagon now looks like a just fucking Bukaki. looks like a NASCAR fire suit. Is what yeah. the octagon Why looks not? like now. Yeah. Why not? I, it, it, I, I, you get all that extra money, you don't lose a single viewer. Wait, what was what was the reason they said fighters couldn't do it? Because it didn't look professional or something yeah. like that? Yeah, that's all but it they, is. They're just yeah. they're just ta- they just are completely changing a bunch of things that they said they wouldn't do. Yeah. Because now they need to maximize as much money as possible. Oh, Dana's full of shit. Oh fuck. We don't put on circus fights. Oh, if John if Yuri wants to fight Jones, I'll make We'll make that it happen. happen. We paid I mean, Floyd. Yeah, all that shit. That's just <laughs> lies. He paid Floyd. That's the funniest part of that. Yeah, oh, it's, it's every company. I mean, look at the golf world today, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, everything that happened with well, the everyone has well, their, specu- their speculation that, of what happened, but that went just, to another level, bro. That went to well, an entirely different level. Like, reading everything today and just hearing different things, it seems like the obvious reason the PGA did this is they could not sustain this fight. They they, they, they were gonna they lose. They were gonna and lose, they, and they, they just. Go ahead, my bad. Go ahead, the, the funny thing is, they weren't going to lose because of the product or anything. They were losing. They were going to lose down the road, probably because of the endless funds. So, I saw something where it was the they were spending. It was like a quarter. They were spent. You, the PGA was spending twenty five to thirty million dollars in legal fees. They doubled their their prize pools to try to match live, and the sponsors weren't wanting to pay more. So they were they were having to spend so much money to keep up that it just wasn't sustainable. And Liv literally has an endless or PIF six, has a six a endless six hundred fifty. Was was this the play all along from from the from the Saudis? Was this yep. the play yes. all along? Yes. Well, yeah. Well, they they said that. So four years ago, um, the Saudis called into Jay Moynihan and they wanted to invest in the tour. They wanted to be. They wanted to send a partnership. They Big were going to give them yeah. billions of dollars. Yeah. They wanted to work with them. The PGA said no. So then, you know, they do the. Then there was a thing called the uh, PGL, which the Saudi was originally in. In this was like three years ago, and they called Dave Moynihan like, "We want to partner. We're creating this new golf league." He said, "No, fuck you." Fast forward, then Liv comes and they get this endless fund of money, and Liv wasn't going to win because of their product. Like literally, no one watched it. Their ratings were so bad they they stopped reporting their TV rating, and then they started charging three dollars YouTube subscription a day for the things. It was getting like literally like hundreds of viewers on this. They were gonna win because they had they didn't care. Yeah, they did just, not. It was just a money, money pit. And until... eventually, throughout the ratings or whatever, the PGA could have PGA Tour could have run out of money, so they were left with with this option and Wait, the fun with thing the was Saudis just, owning golf. Now the Saudis they, own golf. Basically. Yeah. I mean, the Saudis, yes. are in own golf. Yes. they're going to own everything. Yeah. WWE, so, it's coming you know, for the UFC and you know, they're not going to say no. I don't know. They're, they, yeah, I don't know. They, it's, they it's fucking already had the UFC if they really, well, they already no. own, they're already fucking massive owners in WWE, which just merged with the UFC. Yeah. The <laughs> Saudis are going to own the UFC down the line. But book that shit. Brad's not, completely right. Yeah, th- this is just this is what they this is what they do. This is the sports washing that everyone talks about, and this was their end game. They 
they were never going to be able to be successful with live in their mission of being in a big American sport. That was their overall mission. It wasn't to start their own golf league. He said this in a million interviews. It wasn't to be their own golf league. That might have been Greg Norman's goal, who's out oh, by yeah. Um, but well, it was, Mon- Monahan better be out very fucking soon because yeah. So the, the PGA Tour is still going to be its separate controlling interest under the PIF, and they're a nonprofit, and they're yeah gonna because have they want to keep their five hundred one C is why they're going to be a different yeah, entity and the DP World Tour as well. But the PGA just DP they were World never going to be able be able to match it. And the funny thing is, is as sad as this is, and as bad as it was that. You know, it, it, the PGA got back into a corner where they had no choice, and this is what kind of had to happen, or they'd be fucked in two years. Is golf is going to be better again? Be like, we're getting all the live guys are coming back into the PGA Tour. But what, <laughs> what, what, what is this going to cost the PGA Tour though, and like changes to golf? Is it uh, because they're saying they're going to force in this team bullshit? eventually oh, no, no, no. on it. I, that's what that's what some golf writers were saying today, that they're going to yeah, try to so, force that into it. So what they said no, is they're going to look at the team aspect as an idea, was, <laughs> was basically what they said. And they could look at it, but it's never going to be on the PGA Tour. Um, the PGA Tour, from what I'm reading and reading, like some of the insiders and stuff like that, because golf is like, it's not like other sports, like golfers can do whatever the fuck they want. So they can say anything like they sent a memo out. The PGA sends a memo out to a player. It's in public one minute later because there's no risk of being fired or there's no anything like that because they're independent contractors. So it's just, it's a different kind of thing. But the team aspect is something they're going to look at. But in reality, the PGA Tour starting you know next year is going to be exactly the same. The next year after that, it's going to be exactly the same. Well, I mean, eventually down the line, the Saudis are going to have complete and total ownership and control over it somewhere Not down the line. The, not over the advisory board or any of that. It's all somewhere, the, d- somewhere down the line they will. Bro. They have. A they got it this far in two wait years. Until they bust out the bones. They, they no. got it this. They got it this far in two years. You don't think ten years down the line they're not going to control this thing completely? They absolutely are. They absolutely I, are going to control it. I I don't I don't know if they can. How it, how the PGA is set up? They they're have six hundred and fifty billion dollars. They can do whatever they want. All, they they all, will have it. And I, I don't think they'll want it. What the, they're in the perfect spot now. They have Moynihan or whoever. I agree. There. The, the this PGA is what court. they. This is what they want. They don't. They, kinda, they don't. They want they hands want off. Run. Yeah. They don't want to run it. So I don't think they would ever get to that point. The PGA Tour is a separate entity under PIF in this new golf league. They but they control revenue interests and capital interests. So if they want to do this event is sponsored by you know kill a journalist. They can do that. They do have say over that. They don't have they don't have say over the tournaments. They don't have say over the game. They don't have say over who is playing in the tournaments, who qualifies for the tournaments. And I don't think they want to. They just want their name out there and be sponsored. You know, and different things. The guy that is in charge of the fund that is on the board there is on the board, uh, owns Newcastle United, the football yeah. club. This guy, this this dude is going to want control over the PGA eventually. And it's going to be hard to hold him off. I'm telling you, he controls, he runs everything. He literally runs a bank. Yeah. He runs a fucking, the oil companies. He runs the fucking Newcastle there. I eventually he's going to want his hands on this thing completely. Him, not the crown prince yeah. and the Royal family. The pro- the this problem- guy's a businessman. 
The problem is with something like this, if it got to that point where they were running every single little thing and it was run by Saudis and they were doing that, someone Tiger Woods will create his own golf tour. And they're all independent I mean, contractors. That might be a possibility go. anyway, because like if you're Tiger or Rory or um, even Justin Thomas and them that literally turned down hundreds of Tiger turned down eight hundred million dollars on principle. Yeah. Tiger's a billionaire anyway, but still yeah. uh, today, what is he thinking? Like, fuck the PGA. Like, imagine him and Rory. Well, they're probably like, let's we got to do our own thing, did. bro. He Tiger did say it was like a month or two ago, and someone asked him about talking together, right? Like, are you guys going to talk? And he said, we can only talk if you drop litigation and Greg Norman gets fired. <laughs> Greg Norman got fired, and they dropped litigation. Well, so, litigation <laughs> got dropped. Litigation got dropped because of, of what you what Ooh, you yeah. began with that the Saudis have $650 billion, yeah. and the PGA was never going to be able to win At that. Least- I'm just glad all these Twitter bots and everything don't have to act like Liv is good anymore, which I think is good because Liv's so Liv is done in November. Like they're done. That's that league is is dead. Liv didn't work. It was awful. That's Liv wasn't the end game. This was the end game. It got there quicker. I do find it funny that all of the Liv ball gobblers today are like, ah, oh, see, they won. They won like they they won Wait, in a certain aspect. They didn't win on, hey, on a, they didn't win on a golf a- aspect. No. They they won on a money aspect, but not a golf aspect because nobody gave a fuck about Liv. Literally through there was billions. 20 guys that bet on Liv that gave a fuck about Liv. Yeah. That, that, lost, that's it. They lost billions on Liv, but it was a good gamble because now they're in a spot where they have a controlling interest of a major growing American the, sport. The Saudis are are gonna buy they're going to get into an NFL or ML or one of the major sports here very soon. And it's going to start turning really bad. Those, those dudes are going to own them in China are going to own the fucking world. Like know. straight up. They're going to own the world. They are. Enough about that sort of stuff. <laughs> All right. China doesn't care enough about that sort of stuff. No, no, I mean I, uh, other other aspe- aspects uh, of the world. China well, doesn't hide who they are. Saudis no, try to hide who they are so they can get more of the corporate sponsorships and everything to kind of cut with the because well, because MBS deal. MBS wants to be looked at as like some yeah. you know new age fucking royal family wise chopping up dudes and putting them in yeah. body bags and shit. But like, it's, give me it's still about the money though. The, the reason they wanted to do this, like outside of being cool to you know be involved in American sports, is. They now get access to all the PGA Tour sponsors, who are the biggest companies in the world. So, like, that's the big aspect of this. Mean, now there's business dealings inside. Like, like golf today, but people didn't see that, like, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo moved over there last year is making $250 million a year. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Benzema just left Real Madrid is making $200 million a year. They yeah. offered Messi $400 million a year to Crazy. go over there. 400 in Golo Conte, who plays for Chelsea, 100 million dollars a year is what he's going to get paid to go over there and play fucking wow. soccer. They want to, they want to, they want to build their, their country out more modernized and sports. Uh, say what you will about uh, Kareem Zidane, who writes about all this shit and stuff. I think he gets mixed up in some of it a, a little too a little much, much, but a little much, but. It's right, and it and people that deny that like sports and politics are not completely intertwined and has been since since we 
uh, boycotted the Germany Olympics a hundred years ago. Like yeah. it's all intertwined, man. And it's getting more and more that, and the Saudis are on the very top of it. Yep. It could be so much easier though. They could just like let women drive. No, mm. why would you they do don't that? Have to, they don't have to do all this shit instead. I mean, let them let them go to school and learn how to read and write and shit. I mean, no, fuck, that's, just that's just that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Sean Sean was so offended about the idea of letting women read and write. And I can't blame him. I can't blame him. But we can. Was it was it the women driving part, Sean? That just Uh, couldn't. I almost fell asleep. My uh, my finger hit the back button on the mouse. The the woman driving thing was was too much. But this was a this was honestly this is one of the biggest sports stories today that we've had in our lifetime. just you know the political stuff with everything else and just one of the biggest sports in the world completely changing and literally a government buying an entire sport i mean the the antitrust stuff aside which they were fighting it you have pga is fighting antitrust and then they countered that by dropping the suit and then owning every golf league in the world one of the weirdest stories you'll you'll ever hear but we we can we can move on from there We'll uh, quickly go through the prelims from last week and then spend a little bit of time on the main card before jumping into the pay-per-view, which the pay-per-view is absolute dog shit. So I think we can go pretty quick through some of those. So in the prelims, I'll go through the prelims and then whatever thoughts you guys have overall. But light heavyweight division, Philippe Owens defeated Maxime Grishin, uh, 20-28, 20-28, 30-27. Demond Blackshear defeated Luan Lacerda, knockout second round. The fucking sub, hate myself. Um, Dude, inside the distance was plus six fifty. Fucking, it was plus thirteen hundred for sub. And I, was I like, know I took I took some sub yeah. too because it was so crazy. Brutal. Uh, women's strawweight Elise Reed defeated Yinyu Frey decision. Um, Muhammad Naimov, Naimov, whatever defeated Jamie Malarkey knockout hilarious. Bantamweight John Castaneda defeated uh, Gafurov decision. Dante Mays knocked out Andre Arlovsky. Loved it. Didn't bet on it. Loved to see it. <laughs> And then Bantamweight Daniel Santos defeated Johnny Munez by decision. Overall, I didn't love the prelims. Um, I thought the Blackshear fight was fun. Milwaukee getting getting knocked out was funny. And then Arlovsky getting knocked out was great. Those are my thoughts. What do you guys got? Um, I hit hit a few bets. Uh, Lens as a dog. I thought that was kind of crazy. Uh, the Blackshear sub, I fucking didn't take nothing on inside the distance. The sub was crazy and ends up uh, knocking Lissard out. Um, was sad. Yeah, Malarkey is like a minus 500 favorite. Like, what are we doing? Like, everybody thought he's going to win, but whatever. He looked then, good until he didn't. He looked good I until bet, he royally fucked up. I mean, he was rolling. Yeah, he was good. But did you see him go in on that, like, weak-ass kind of fake takedown and come up with his hands? No hands. Down? Dead. I mean, you're you're just dead at this level. And then uh, I I bet an Arlovsky under, and it hit with ease. Hell yeah! Like, pretty crazy of, that an Arlo- two Arlovsky. Bets. Yeah, yeah. Arlovsky under was plus money because I think we've mentioned before the books have caught on, and Arlovsky by decision and his overs and shit are like uh, juiced up now and shit. Well, an under was like plus one sixty or some plus shit. Plus one sixty is what I got. Yeah. Da- Dante Mays is still like so trash. Terrible. Terrible. Like he is so bad. Brad, any any commentary here? Uh, I I still like the Willie Cat. That was kind of a a weird fight, obviously, but uh, Willie Cat's that, good. That dude, yeah, he's good. That, that dude's pretty damn good. Um, I think he's good. Did not didn't give a shit about any of these prelims. Yep, Blackshear though, I like that guy. 
I do like Black yeah. Series. It's fun to watch. All right, welterweight division. Uh, Zaleski de Santos defeated a shitty Nurmagomedov. Split decision. Thought this was close. I I had I had de Santos here. Um, I thought he won. I thought it was really thin though. I I, I don't think I would have been shocked if I lost this one. Consensus winner. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. yeah. I ended up on him too with plus money. I thought plus money was kind of crazy against the shitty uh uh off here, but I don't know, man. Like if that went the other way, you couldn't have said a fucking a word about it. Nope. Close. It was one of those ones that was like I guess if you're scoring control, you can give Robin it to Nurmagomedov, but I, I don't man, know what people are scoring. I, we'll get to it later. Yeah, ten seconds to like. Can can wise art is Twitter uh, devolving into like some dude knows more about fucking scoring now because he read a book or talked to a judge who can't score anyway. I talked to the judges. Well, you know what? They suck. Like you probably shouldn't be listening to what half of them are saying. <laughs> it's just Twitter's just. It's always something. Always something. Yep. yep. Sean, I'll be right back. You cover the rest. I'll be back in two minutes. You got to go. Got to go jerk one. <laughs> yeah, what's <laughs> No, I know you're home baby. alone, man, but. <laughs> Jesus. Did you guys see that when he walked out? He was only wearing a t-shirt. He's not even wearing pants right now. Four times in a day, man. I didn't uh, know if that was put it uh, down. One, of it, one of his forearms or his fucking, his member. <laughs> Couldn't tell him apart. Brad, uh, you, can, you can handle the, uh, the yeah, hosting. Yeah. Uh, Kareen Silva, apparently that's person, uh, won by Nibar over Ketlin Souza, who is apparently also a person. Uh, that shit was nasty. <laughs> that she fucked her knee up bad. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the Ketlin uh, didn't look like no. she necessarily belonged. Terrible. I don't know how good Silva is, but at least she finished this fight, so we don't have to watch for 15 minutes. And she got some yep. nasty finishes. Uh, Tim Elliott, everyone was talking about how he wanted to get a finish because he wanted to get on the mic. Uh, obviously, his lawyer was like, don't get a finish. Don't say anything <laughs> interesting on the mic because uh, he was a uh, classic Tim Elliott. Uh, got got cracked good a couple times by uh, Ultima Reno, but man, can that dude not wrestle even a bit. That was, uh, that was a, a pretty easy path to victory for Elliott there. Elliot got hit twice, and he's like, yeah, fuck this. I am not trying to go for a finish. I'm trying to hold this motherfucker down for as long as possible. Uh, but as you said, Alt Moreno's takedown defense is some of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, I thought Elliot's line ended up being kind of crazy in hindsight. Like He just wasn't like, doing much on top, though, man. You got you to gotta punch a bit. <laughs> Till Elliott is who he is. Like we all like are like this dude puts on this crazy pace and he's so wild and stuff. But you know what? He he does a, a lot of nothing, man. Like he makes he makes fights very very close, dude. A lot of times, like uh, he's done it for years. It, it's it's kind of fun to watch, but yeah, he's been doing it since back in like the Titan FC days. Yep. Same same dude. Like ha- yep. has. Has Tim Elliott like evolved at all? Like it still works. Don't get me wrong. He like wins fights with it, but when you, I, I guess it goes back to show you like if you have a pace and a little bit of cardio, especially at lower weights, man, it could take you a long, long take way. you a long way. Yep, long, right. long way. Um, Jimmy fucking Miller. Whoo! 
um, mistake by me. Uh, actually, good betting night overall for me because I just stuck to like the three or four guys that I actually knew on this card and just parlayed them all together. Uh, but took the the, sh- the shot on uh, Jimmy Miller sub one. Uh, she's just gone because he's got the knockout power now. He's got the old man strength. He's got the death touch, man. That yeah. was that so, was. A, I don't care who it's against. You see Jim Miller putting a guy out like that. That's a that's a good day. Yeah, we um. There's there's been some talk about um, Gordon getting pulled from that fight, um, and how how was he even given that fight coming off a uh, absolute concussion? And of course Dana's a fucking moron, like he is on everything else. Like you're not a doctor, how do you know? And then like, well, he should have told us he had a concussion weeks ago. Like, dude, you're he's your fighter, mother. Ain't y'all supposed you to exam- the Don't you watch these fights? Yeah. <laughs> Don't y'all have a doctor on site? Isn't there even the athletic commission has doctors and shit? Like, but the dude they brought in to fight Jim Miller, he shouldn't have been there either. I don't know how he got clear to um to fight Jim Miller. So um Jim Miller has more wins in the UFC than anybody that's ever lived. That's that's actually pretty, pretty incredible. That whatever competition he's fought. However long it's taken him to get there, um, more wins than anybody that's ever walked inside uh, the UFC cage is uh, it's pretty fucking incredible. Props to him. It is quite the accomplishment, and a lot of them entertaining. Not just, He's uh, never been a boring fight, win or lose. That dude, especially I don't recently, you has know, he ever been in a boring Lyme fight? Disease, uh, yeah, and figuring that out. He's 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 going in there and getting shit done. The craziest thing about the the Jared Gordon part is it wasn't even like a, a prelim that it was buried where he got put out cold it was the third fight from the top of an espn card i think the uh, the pavlovich uh blades i think that blades one was yep. i can't remember uh but like dana was right there watching that shit it happened right in front of his eyes and he's like how did he not tell us he had a concussion when did we get when do we get to a point in like fighting in general to where when a guy gets gets knocked out, it isn't immediately uh, clued in that they're concussed. When you get knocked out, you're that concussed. You That's got a concussion. A concussion as you, as can, you get. can get. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, gotta love the athletic commissions on well, the top yeah, of the game. Yeah, the more the more may, more ways than one. They're more let's let's get paid. How, how can we keep continuing to get paid by this promotion? How can we, yeah, keep getting to the UFC to put their cards on in our uh, governing body as opposed yeah. to some other governing body, especially with them doing all the Apex shit. I'm sure the UFC can put whatever they want on a card. You know, injured guys, incredibly mismatched fights, whatever. And they're just and, be like, yeah, sure. Injured guys with fucking dirty betting shit going on and everything else that they just have no clue about. There's clueless to all of that shit. Yep. Uh, co-main event uh, ended up being a fun one. Still a shitty co-main event. But uh, Bruce Leroy, decision over Daniel Pineda. Lance was in shambles that he didn't get a finish in this one. Did you bet it? Did you end up betting it? Me? Yeah. Him decision? No, no. I should, you were talking I, about I, it. You were talking about I, it on. I said that the smartest bet on that fight was Caceres by decision, 
uh, but I took uh, Pineda no cards. So oh, push. There you go. They could never yeah, I, I had the under. We we needed uh, Pineda to fold or or catch one of those uh, subs. Man. Neither happened. Dude, I played the under too, but my God, the the three times in the third round that Caceres touched that liver, that man was done. I, I'll give it to Pineda. Like I maybe to the head if he gets rocked like that, you might get it. But him to take those three body shots. He fucking didn't swarm him, man. He, he didn't like, enough. There was one time where he did go in, but he ended up kind of getting in too close, and they kind of yeah, uh, clinched up. Um, yeah. Man, those three body shots, though, were all three liver shots and literally stood Pineda up, and he was like, fucked. I'm like, that's it. He's got him. He's got him. And nope. Nope. Caceres is good. Caceres is still a little bit confused that when he hits people, he hurts them sometimes now. Yeah, just like I haven't done this my whole career. What what what's what's going on? Caceres has gotten really really fun too, man. Like I, you know, we started betting him a little bit the past couple of years, and you know, he's won some fights. He's he's lost, but um, still got problems with just ending up in dumb spots on his back. Like I don't know what it is. He's got great scrambles and shit. Don't get me wrong, he's dangerous off of his back, but man, he just like falls into bad takedowns and shit to where he ends up on his back way too much and i'm surprised pineda didn't get in one of those spots and fuck him up because sirs has just got crazy scrambles and shit on his back and um pineda's still fun though man all these years later dude that dude will put on a show yep love it i mean all the the guys that we're talking about is the most entertaining on this card are the guys that have been around forever uh nobody cares about these uh well not all of them but for the most part it's uh it's guys that have been around and you've gotten to know them and and see them grow instead of these guys that are in UFC for like two or three fights and nobody gives a shit and then they're gone like, and you never hear from them again. Oh wow, who could imagine that if you would take some time off between a between a card and build some fighters up and and let people know who they are and shit and <laughs> might be more invested, but hey, let's oh, get nah. uh create a fighter one against create a fighter two on the UFC Apex this weekend. Right on a 10 and 10. Main event. I don't know how much we want to get into like the judging talk because it's like the stupidest conversation you can have. I think it's been beat to death. Yeah, Yeah, this was a a close fight. The way that it ended up going to Albazi. That's the problem. That's That's brutal. Um, Giving him that fourth round is just like... I don't know how anyone could be that bad at their job and keep their job. Um, but, you know, decent fight, competitive all the way through. I thought that Albazi took early rounds and old Steve took uh, three, four, three, four, five? Just four. Just four and five. Four or five. Albazi yeah. at third. Four or five, and then one of the first couple of rounds was, was split. I don't know. It, it was all pretty competitive except for three and four, really. Yeah, I, I thought that, I mean, this was a great fight. I mean, I, I think a lot of us on here knew Albazi was good. Um, I expected uh, KKF to have some, some better uh, opportunities on the feet and, and just be better on the feet, and Albazi did pretty good against a, a pretty high-level striker. Um, KKF's takedown defense showed up for the most part, but his striking advantage 
Definitely wasn't uh, as big as I thought it would be. Um, it was a close fight. I I think KKF won, but it's close. Uh, I I bet Albazi in this spot, and I scored it for France. Um, which if I'm if I'm doing that, there's <laughs> probably a problem. But but what's crazy is I I don't. I don't think a, an Abazi card is bad if you give him the first round. Like first the three. First, the yeah. first round was close as hell. That was that was the toss-up round to me. Um, yep. I scored it for France. Um, and if somebody scored that for Abazi, I have no problem with that. When you score the fourth round for Albazi, that is one of the worst 10 nines ever. Like, seriously, that's one of the worst ever. He got outstruck like 27 to 5. And got taken down by France in the round. Had no control. Yeah, like literally, it is as bad as you can get. Like there was no big moments, but you don't need a big moment to win a round when you outstrike a guy twenty-seven to five and get the only takedown. That's that, just... that round's an IQ test for the judges, and one yeah. guy failed. And it's one guy that fails consistently. That can fails over and over and over again, and like. That's what I was talking about earlier with what was on my Twitter timeline today is like, I don't care if you're a MMA blogger and you're going and taking a course or you're talking to this judge or this ref or whatever. Um, these dudes have been doing this for 25 years through this criteria and newer criteria. They don't know what they're fucking looking at. They, they don't know how to score for Forget fuck scoring fights. When you can look at a round four, and I don't care, you don't need a course to look at a round and be like, this dude won that round. Like, it's plainly with your fucking eyesight. He's looking at it, and he still didn't score. That's just, there's a no, few guys. No, cri- my, no my criteria. Watch that and I know. Score it. There's like, no criteria over the whole lifespan of this sport that would say that. Yeah, no. Ozzy won that round. And, that's, and it's that's... like th- those dudes have gotten uh, all of these years to do this and stuff. And if you're getting stuff like that still wrong, um, I don't know how these guys keep jobs. Like I know there's so there's cause for like open scoring or having five judges. Guess what? You can change everything you want. If the dude's fucking inept, he's inept. It doesn't matter if he's scoring this way or that way or the other way. If he can't watch that fourth round and scored for the right guy, no criteria is going to change that guy. He's he's just bad at what he does. So, what does? I know that we've been over this, but what does open scoring do during that fight? I mean, like it, it tells KKF he's four. he's drawing dead, but there's no chance. That, there's probably no chance he's finishing anyway. So well, it just gets everybody pissed off after round four instead of yeah. after the fight. Yeah. And and on the flip side, it does even worse harm to a guy that is up fucking two or three rounds. Because he's he knows gonna, as long as he doesn't get finished, he's he's gonna, he's gonna run. So he he's gonna take his foot off the gas. He's gonna just ruin coast, fights. Baby. Yep, Hashtag it's gonna ruin coast. fights. Yep. Anyway, that was uh last week's card. It happened. Moving on. It did. Thanks. Unless you wanted to talk about the main event or anything else that happened on the uh, the main card, I figured. How how did you score the right. fight, Lance? You you had it for France, right? Yeah. 
one four one four five like everyone else on earth. I know like close rounds versus Robert. One was but, close though, right? Like if you gave him one, you could score the fight for Al Bazi, yeah. but giving but, him the fourth is just egregious. It's it's real bad. And like I understand the robbery, there were some close round things like that, but when a fighter is plus seven fifty live at the bell, and when you look at MMA decisions or whatever, and like three times as many people had forty nine forty six France, then uh, Fuck all that. Okay. Fuck all that. I bet Al Bazi and I scored the fight for France. Yeah. There. That should show you. That was a horrible yeah. decision. It was a really bad decision. I it was bad. It, it, I, I you thought around, you won the fourth round when he landed five punches and got taken down. That's what sucks and what makes it so bad and makes people talk about it is it was a specific scored round that was so bad. If it would have been one three or one, two, three Al Bazi to four five, there wouldn't be as much outrage, I don't think. It's how that round was scored, that fourth. There should be outrage. Man should never judge again. That man should never get another fucking assignment. He's judged fights for 25 years. We've He's only said that for like, I don't know, 10 years now? Yeah. All three of them were on that too. It was uh, it was uh, Diamato, Chris Lee, yeah. and the other dumb fuck that, that's been Is around. That McCarthy? And then we got fucking Tony Weeks that was that's got one of the worst stoppages in recent boxing history one week. He's scoring fucking MMA fights across the country the next week and is getting shit cards all over the place. That guy's still a judgment doing it for 20 years. Fucking Bird, she's been around boxing in MMA, just crushing guys' careers for fucking as long as I can remember. Shit is so bad, man. It's never it's never gonna change. Take nope. a fucking take fucking McCarthy's course though, and you'll you'll know what you're looking at. I, I guess. And, and open scoring does absolutely nothing. That doesn't change the fact that a round was scored completely incorrectly, costing a guy a fight. That doesn't. That open scoring doesn't change that. This whole open scoring, anything Ariel says, I'm just automatically on the other side because he's the biggest fucking nerd I've ever met in my life. Like he's I like the, the nerd who got beat up his whole life, so he wants to be into sports, so picks MMA because it's tough and. Guy's just an absolute pussy. Talks shit. I to get people. the like, argument. He's humble that motherfucker. Just like take him out one day. Just like start he's beating not, the shit out of him. He's taking it to another level once he like got fired and shit, and he's on his own now. And he can say like, shit. Like he runs his mouth a little. I don't get how a guy can like him can be involved in like combat sports and say the things he does. Like how has he not found that fuck around find out moment? Like, I feel like if a nerdy motherfucker was talking to me like that and he kept saying this shit, like, eventually we're going to get to the point that I'm going to physically hurt you. How has that not happened yet? It's crazy. How has he not Never found happened, out? And then he made enough money where now he's, he's now, not big enough. Well, he's got enough pull and clout now, though, that he yeah. can change your career and shit. So you can't, like, say shit. I'm like, not even talking shit. about fighters. Well, I, fighting. Get I get that. Yeah, well, I mean... I hate him for so many reasons outside of MMA. Like the dude's one of the biggest, this dude drives a bandwagon. He drives it and just, I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up here. This team is mine. I I like this one. I hate everything about him. He's great. Hate hate him. All right, let's move on now to uh, this shitty ass fight card um, that I'm going to pay for because dude Bronx, my man. Uh, all right, women's strawweight division: Diane Belbita versus Maria Oliveira. Just Belbita, maybe show up thirty minutes late. <laughs> Definitely show up thirty minutes late. Combine two and five in the UFC. Starting off this pay-per-view card with a banger. I've never even heard of one of these. I'll take the cheese. 
The cheese is a dog. Cool. Uh, I'll I'll pick the cheese. Uh, I guess if you're betting either side of this, just take them by decision. Get some plus money. Um, I, I I'll take the cheese. I'm not betting this fight. Brad. Pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, this Maria Oliveira lady, she's one of the people. Like I know, I've seen her fight three times. Just I can't remember a single. Go ahead and pick them out of a lineup. I, I she doesn't look familiar. I, I can't pick out a single second of her three decisions. Not a not a single second. She Just, lost to Vanessa Demopoulos, so that's not very good. All right. No. Uh, we move on. Flyweight, David Vorak, Stephen Urkig, banger. New show. This this dude. Holy I mean, shit. this would have been a pretty decent fight if, if it stayed together when it was Dvorak versus Schnell. I mean, Schnell pretty much forces fun uh, one way or another. Um, man, this Ur- Ursag guy looks like an absolute dirtbag. He, uh, he literally looks like he robbed an old lady for a purse, like straight up. Just dirt. <laughs> What's wrong with his face? <laughs> uh, Astro Boy? He looks like wow. uh, Kenny and Keith Florian's brother that yeah. got kicked out of the family. Got on the got on the hair on for a while and yeah, shit, yeah. and I try to kick it, you know. Yeah, I don't it's like a redemption it. story. Uh, Dvorak is is the much better fighter. He should win, but don't don't care. Yeah, um, Wes. Yeah, I mean, I actually like Dvorak here. I mean, I don't think this is a bad parlay piece necessarily down at around three to one or so like Dvorak's not bad like I think he's gonna put a beating on this dude it's like short notice um he was preparing for Schnell uh this guy looks like he's got a bunch of subs against a a bunch of bumps I guess he wants to try to grapple I guess it's sort of the close matchup to to Schnell Schnell probably wanted to get the fight to the to the mat against Dvorak so not a big change there. And I mean, God damn, the level of competition here is just a off yeah. a cliff. Like Dvorak's not bad. I mean, at three to one or so, I'll ha- I got a par lane with something here. I, I just, that seems way, way short to me. Brad. Yeah. This is uh, similar to old Jimmy Miller on last week's card. They that was brought wet though. <laughs> <laughs> They brought some dude in to face him, and he dispatched him the way you thought he would. Clean, too. I, I Real clean. Um, I, I think that Dvorak's going to do the same thing. I mean, even if this uh, this egg dude wants to grapple Dvorak. <laughs> what? His, his name is like Urkeg. I just don't know what's wrong with his egg face. Dude. Um yeah, even if he wants to grapple, Dvorak's a pretty decent grappler. I mean, yep. Uh, yeah, I I don't see where this is competitive. Like, Schnell versus Dvorak would have been like the third best fight on this card. That's oh, uh, Schnell sub all day, every day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> even when he knocks uh, the guy out, he's gonna sub him. Schnell unders, Schnell unders. Yeah, Schnell <laughs> unders were so back. Just they, they were so back, man. I mean, is the... Dvorak unders? <laughs> I, I think he that gets this done. Inside. I, I, I think he gets this done inside the distance too. There's just not a lot of props out yet for the fight. 
Yeah. Uh, the under was plus one. Under two and a half was plus one fifty. Yeah, that's which means Vorak would probably be like plus two fifty inside. But he doesn't. Have, he doesn't finish fights. So yeah. Once he kind of went to the UFC, he just stopped being fun. Um, I, I do like Vorak here. This Urseg fella. One, his nickname's Astro Boy. Two, I think he suffers from some kind of gene disorder. Uh, like if you look at his face, like it, it, I don't know, he, he's missing something in there. Um, and he's Australian, and mm. regional Australian dudes normally don't pan out, pan out very well, especially a guy that's just getting subs in the first round facing absolute losers. Um, maybe they just, I don't know, Outback Steakhouse guys. I don't know, not good. So I'll take Borak minus two seventy five seems a fair parlay piece. All right, let's move on. Featherweight, Kyle Nelson, Blake Builder. New show. Kyle Nelson is horrible. He so should not have a job in the UFC. He is very, very fortunate to somehow steal a majority draw last time out. Um, I don't He's think... one four and one in the UFC. I know. I know. <laughs> not good. That's what it takes. But he's like builder. And he's probably like the seventh ranked Canadian. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's high praise. Um, Builder's not that great, but he's good enough here. I think he can implement wrestling. Nelson hasn't really fought many great grapplers, and, and some of the decent ones have been able to take him down. Builder probably gets him down. Uh, it's tough to lay over minus 200 on Blake Builder, though. Wes? Yeah, I'm kind of looking at it the same way. I like Builder here. I think he can get a get a few takedowns here. Um, I, I think Kyle Nelson though is really tough. has has pretty good defense on on the feet and on the mat. Um, it's kind of looking at Builder by decision as like plus two fifty. Uh, I think Kyle Nelson can can stay stay in this for fifteen minutes. Builder's not like a big time finisher or anything, um, but I do think he can implement some some takedowns and. Uh, and work Cal Nelson over for 15 minutes. Um, I, I don't think it's a, a bad parlay piece, but yeah, laying minus 250 on Blake Builders probably not a good idea a lot of the time. But that decision at plus at plus 250 is not too bad. Brad, yeah, this one seems pretty accurate to me. Uh, Builder, I mean, didn't look tremendous against Shane Young. You'd like to see a bit more of a, a gap there in that fight. Uh, but he showed pretty decent pace. And one thing about Nelson is that he pretty much always slows down in his fights. So if he doesn't get you out of there early, Builder's probably going to take over in rounds two and three. Uh, if he doesn't win round one, which he could very well do here as well. So I, I think Builder pulls away a little bit later in this one and uh, starts the night off rough for, for the Canadians. Yeah, I think Builder takes this one. I think you guys pointed it out. Nelson slows down. It seems like every, usually have a couple good moments early on, and then just that's about it. <laughs> I think that's about yep. it from there. So I think Builder's going to put the pace on him. He's going to wrestle. He's going to grapple. He's going to keep spamming takedowns, get him on the ground, stay heavy on top, and I, I think he can I think he can win a decision here. I don't think he gets a finish, uh, but I think he'll do enough to win a clear decision. Even if he drops the first, I think he can definitely win the next two, and I think his wrestling is just going to be too much. And I don't know. Kyle Nelson fucking blows. I know it's minus two seventy five, but he's facing a wrestler who's going to wrestle him the whole time, wear him out. So, I don't think that's exactly the the worst line. I think there's there's worse spots here. There's some chick fights everywhere, and you got to go fucking hunting 
yep. find some bets on this card. So sometimes when you're hunting, you just fake Kyle Nelson and just move forward. You're going to win all but one time, apparently, so far in the UFC. All right, let's move on now to what we got. Bantamweight. The Hobby versus Q Lang. Q Lang? Richie Lang. Q there's just no way. That's not what it is. It can't be. Yeah. Uh, all right, Newton. Well, these guys are not very good. Uh, Zahabi surprised me a bit getting getting a win against Tercios. Um, I don't think he's that great of a grappler, and usually the the guys who have had su- uh, success against Sarichi Lang can can get him down. Probably going to be a striking fight. It's probably going to be close, as the line says. I I guess I'll fade the Canadian. Wes? Yeah, Ricky Tarshiels is is not a good win. Like that that guy's is not good. Uh, props to Sahabi for 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 winning that fight, looking decent in the fight, but Tarshiels is is not good. Um, yeah, I like the old, uh, the old Richie Lang here myself as well. Uh, I think this is probably a stand-up fight. I, I just think he hits harder. I think he's going to land the, the bigger stuff in this fight on Zahabi. And, uh, I mean, it, it's a close fight. I, I think it's probably going to go 15, so going to be close. But um, I would have liked to reach Lang a lot more at, at, at dog price. I, I thought he was around there at one point. Um, closer to even money, but it looks like he's taking some money now. So probably not something I want to lay lay juice on, but he's going to be the pick for me. Maybe maybe a bit. Brad? I think Richie Lang is going to give him the old Richie round on this one. Uh, not not looking good for Zahabi. I don't know. I had to come up with something. Uh, <laughs> it just didn't make sense. It was a good effort, though. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, sometimes it's more about the, the flow of the words Shooter, than shoot. actually being coherent. Yeah. <laughs> um, more dynamic striker. Uh, I think he's going to have more volume here. When things start going wrong for Zahabi in fights, he kind of like shuts down. Uh, he, he's that guy that's been kind of protected by his brother his whole career. And, you know, even in his UFC matchups, he, he's gotten some pretty reasonable matchups to somehow be an above 500 fighter in the UFC. I don't think this is that matchup anymore. Uh, so he's in there against a guy that's going to throw, going to keep up a high pace, going to be in his face. Uh, and he's Zahabi's probably the slightly more technical guy, but I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference here. Yeah, I think fading Canada just as a general rule, especially in Canada, probably a good idea. So I'll take it reach away. All right, let's move on. Women's flyweight. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Miranda Maverick versus Jasmine Jazadunicious. You, Sean? Uh, what do you think, Scappy? you got in this one? We're in for some, some pain, I think, on Saturday in this one because Go's decision is like minus 300. Um, Maverick, oh, yeah. Maverick by decisions, like minus 145, which. Probably isn't a terrible price considering what her money line is. Um, I'm still going to pick the dog and tout master because it's grappler versus grappler. This thing could be close. That's a big number. Maverick's going to win a very boring fight. Brad? Um, Yeah, probably that. 
That worked. All right, let's move on. Middleweight division. Imamov versus Chris Curtis. Good one. Should be in the pay-per-view. You, Sean. Yeah, easily. Um, this should be a fairly fun fight. I mean, Chris Curtis isn't really into too many boring fights, um, save for the Jacker Manson one, maybe. Um, Imavov usually has a bit more success uh, with his striking when he can kind of implement his grappling. Um, I think that's going to be tough to do. We've seen Chris Curtis's takedown defense be very, very good. Um, Imamov is not doesn't throw a crazy amount of volume, so I don't think he's gonna be able to do the the Jack Hermanson thing, or just a stick and move. I don't know if he's that disciplined, and I would hope that Chris Curtis kind of learned from that fight. Uh, and then he trains with Strickland, who fought Imamov and just beat him. There's got to be a little bit of uh, of decent help there, so uh, I'll be playing Chris Curtis small. Look, I, I'm not running out to lay juice on Imavolf here. Um, I know the but. boys. I know the boys on the show like Curtis here. I'm just playing a little devil's advocate. I think it's a, a really, it's a close fight. I just think Curtis gives guys opportunities to land stuff. Uh, he, he's very aggressive. I know he's got some decent boxing, but he doesn't have the boxing of Strickland. Strickland is a way better boxer than Chris Curtis is. Um, you know, we saw Hermanson. We saw him make Gaslam look like fucking prime Roy Jones on him, just boxing his face up. Um, Curtis did get his against gas. Like uh, no doubt. I just think Imavoff is going to have opportunities to land here and, some might not agree, but Imovov lands hard. He's got big strikes when he can land. I just think Curtis is going to give him opportunities to land. Now, no, Curtis could could stay in there. Like, dude's chin is insane. He's probably going to have more volume. I'm not sure he's going to have the harder strikes, but it's a close fight. I, I don't I don't blame anybody for taking a little dog shot on Curtis here. Um, I have a problem getting Curtis fights right for some reason, so – this is probably just one I'm going to stay away from since the guy I favor is up around minus 150 at this point. So close fight. I, I'm going to pick Emivolf, but no bet for me. Brett? The way I approach every Chris Curtis fight is basically the same. Can he take Chris Curtis down? No. And then it turns into, like, does his striking style match up well with Chris Curtis? And I don't think it does in this spot. Uh, he might land... And as Wes said, probably hits a little bit harder than, I mean, definitely than I'm going to give him credit for because he's some like fraud French Russian. Um, <laughs> he does have so, zero knockdowns uh, in, in like six or seven fights, by the way, in the UFC. Yeah, there you go. That doesn't what, seem like he, a lot. Is he uh, one of those standing TKO dudes? Or did he have like a TKO on the ground? I remember him getting a TKO somehow. The Heinrich Elbows. Thing, Elbows and punches. That was from grappling. Yeah. That doesn't count. That's not going to happen in this fight. Um, and he's not like a, a big kicker or anything like that. Uh, doesn't have a, even though he's way taller than Chris Curtis, doesn't have a big reach advantage here. So I think this is going to be Chris Curtis moving forward, getting in the pocket and landing combinations on this dude going to the body. So the sketchiest part about Chris Curtis's fights is our judges actually going to count him landing to a dude's body. Um, as he's probably taken 
some shots to the head, a lot of shots that he's probably rolling off of as well. So they're not really hitting them that hard. Um, but, you know, you're kind of trusting judges there. I just think that over time, uh, his style is really going to wear on Imabov in this fight. And uh, he's going to turn it up uh, a lot like he did against Gastelum before he got headbutted and ended up uh, losing the round because of that. So I like Chris Curtis in this fight. Uh, I'm probably going to, well, I'm definitely going to take a shot on him. I'm seeing plus 132 out there at the old uh, Mason book. So I think that's going to be my play here. Yeah, I like Chris Curtis here. Um, I, I think if this fight stays in the feet, which I think Curtis can keep this on the feet, if he does get taken down, I think he can get up here. I don't think Emos, the kind of guy, is going to be able to hold him down. Um, I think it's a striking match, and I think Curtis has a power advantage, I would say, for sure. And I think he's got a chin advantage. Now, will he throw enough to make it count? I hope so. Uh, you never really know with Chris Curtis, but... I think if this is going to be a striking match, I like I like Curtis's power. I like his grit. I like him getting inside, throwing some kicks, working the body. I think Curtis does a lot of good things here. And, you know, looking at Imamov, I think everyone – I think we overhyped him a little bit. When I say we, I obviously don't mean me because he's Russian. Um, but I think, obviously, other people – if you look at his wins, they look pretty fucking terrible for the most part when you look back versus some of the guys Chris Curtis has faced. Jordan Williams – Insolent kid. Insolent kid. kid. Ian Heinisch, who at that point, I think everyone thought was good. Like he came out looking good. He lost four or five. Edmund Shabazian, obviously two years ago, we thought Shabazian was, everyone thought Shabazian was going to be a lot better than it was. He looked good. He ended up not being that great. And then you got Buckley who, you know, dropped down a weight class and is never, he's not the most, talented guy so i think he's actually had really favorable matchups he's won and the fights he's lost are to strickland and hawes who you know i would say like from power wise and like like hawes kind of similar to chris curtis and like like jumping the right hands and throwing some body work and some kicks and stuff like that and i don't know i i think i think even off a little hyped up here so i do like chris curtis and that'll be the munich bet of the week munich <laughs> 1,762 and 7. Yeah, we got a couple of those uh, disputed ones overturned. Yeah, we're working on the rest. Um, yeah. <laughs> if we would have picked France, that would have that would have came out. All right, middleweight division. We'll uh, we'll start jumping through this now. Middleweight, Mark Andrew Andre Beriut versus Eric Anders. Your boy! New Sean. Yeah. Um, if Barrio doesn't get murdered in the first... I don't know, 30 seconds. And if he can, and yeah, exactly. Which he doesn't really do. Uh, And if he can stuff some takedowns, then I think his volume and is, it's just going to add up and he's going to end up running over Eric Anders. Um, His takedown defense is bad. Uh, Anders has been, you know, mixing in some takedowns here and there. So that is going to be the big test, but I think if he can survive that, he probably takes over late and, and probably gets him out of there. Because when he does survive, he, he starts throwing. And, and if you uh, are, are are tiring of it, it's it's going to be bad news for you. So Barrio inside is like plus 275. That's not bad. But him in like round three is like plus 1,000 at Bet Online. It'll probably be bigger once it comes out at Bet365. I don't hate those. Man, yeah, this, oh, 
Anders, you can search my tweets. I think me and our boy Maddie has gone back and forth with Anders for like five years now. I just, I, I'm so off with this guy every time. Look, the way he's looked lately, he could take Barrio down and start smashing. Like, that could absolutely happen in this fight. Um, I think Sean's absolutely right. If Barrio gets out of the first, first round and a half, he should probably start taking over on Anders. But, man, I just – I don't know, man. I, I just – I don't know with Anders anymore. So, sometimes he looks like a fucking All-American linebacker and just trucks somebody over and gets on top of him and starts beating the shit out of him. So, um, what I was kind of looking at here is the under is plus money. I think uh, it is probably Anders a, a little early uh, getting a takedown and, and smashing Barrio or – Barrio survives that, and um, man, if he does like survive early stuff like we saw it in his last fight, man, the dude does have a gas tank and can take a little bit of a beating, and he starts putting it on a guy. So I, I could see a, a later finish for uh, for Barrio on this fight. Um, fight fight inside is around even money. Uh, those those extra two and a half minutes might mean something in this one. Like I think those last couple minutes in the third round could could mean something. So. That that might be the way to go for me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Anders. Um, just what I've seen lately. If he does what he has done lately, I think he could take Barrio down and, and smash on him. But I can't I can't touch this guy with a bet. Yeah, this is a, a tricky one. Before I get into the breakdown, there's only one, ya boy, and it's Yao. The dude from back in the day, Yao's your queen, Yao's your boy, right? <laughs> None of this yeah. Eric, Eric, your boy, Anders shit. I uh, get that out of here. As he's for your this boy, fight, though. I, he's your boy. <laughs> what do you? Not my boy. That's racist. Um, I honestly have no clue in this fight. I I could see this be fifteen minutes of these dudes just in the clinch, swapping which dude is on the fence and. Nothing really happening. I could see it being like you guys said, where Anders comes out like a, a house on fire, uh, and then fades later in the fights. Like I just, I do not have a good read on this one. Um, I guess I slightly lean Barrio, but man, I, I'm just staying away. Speaking yeah, my breakdown is Los Anders. My breakdown is almost identical to Wes's. Uh, kind of how I looked at this fight. I, I think. I think from Anders' last fight, you know, with, with Dawkins, he came out hot. He he looked better, and I he think threw he strikes. More... That's huh? a, that's a big he yeah. Threw, I, I think he actually he was, threw. <laughs> he was he was much more aggressive right from the get go, and it worked for him. And he pulled a pulled an upset at that point. And I, I think that's hopefully he's later in his career now, right? He's thirty six, had a bunch of UFC fights, and I think hopefully he's in fuck it mode. So he I think said he's got it. five left on his contract, and he's retiring. Yeah, so right, I mean, so I think he's it. in. I think he's going to be in, in fucking mode right now and, and kind of be fun. And Barry, especially early on, like it just seems like it takes him a minute to kind of get into it. And that dude is hittable as fuck in that first round. Like everyone seems to get with him. And Anders has big fucking power. Like he's not the most technical guy. He's not the best fighter you'll ever see, but he's got big power. And I think even though Anders hasn't been finished a lot, I, I think Barry just gets these kind of mercy finishes uh, the sec- you know, late second, early third, where he just puts so much pace, and, and Anders doesn't have the best gas tank, and if he's coming out aggressive, 
coming out trying to get that finish early, he doesn't get it. Barry does a really good job of, of looking for that finish with volume because he's not a big power guy, but he just throws, he throws and throws and throws and throws until the ref goes, all right, I'm done with this shit. And, you know, plus money on the doesn't go, I think here is, is definitely worth a stab. So that's where I'll be as well. All right. Dan Ige versus Nate Landwehr. John. I kind of went back and forth on this fight. I, at first look, I was like, does, does Landwehr got a shot? I've, I've bet on him a lot to uh, some varying no. degrees. Uh, I think I was uh, on both both those knee knockouts, so that wasn't great, but uh, got a couple of his wins as well. Um, I ended up just, I think Ige is just the, the better guy, um, the sharper striker. Now, Nate Landwehr is a shit-eating wild man, so weird stuff happens in his fight, so it's, it's a bit of chaos. Uh, he can be hit at times, but the, the dude, the dude, unless you put him flat out, he's, he's still going to give her. Uh, I don't know how many brain cells he has left, but um, I was kind of looking sure at Ige. <laughs> I was, I was kind of looking at Ige by decision. It's like plus 250. Ige, I know he's knocked out a couple of guys recently, but there's been a ton of decisions. Um, Landwehr can be hit, but he, he also is is pretty pretty gritty. So uh, I was kind of looking at Ige by decision, plus 250. Wes? I, I, I think Ige is about to style on this motherfucker. And... Yeah, he he's a, he's a he's a wild man. You know that that's going to be fucking great for Danny Gay, who is as technical a striker at, at this weight class as you could imagine. I think he's going to box Landwehr's head off. Um, Ige's chin, legendary at this point. Takedown defense, insane. Landwehr's not going to consistently get Ige to the mat. I I, I think the line's kind of low. Um, maybe I'll get fucking completely fucked by Landwehr one more time because um, the dude has pulled off some some fights, but look who he's pulling these wins off against, man. Like, Ige is upper-level uh, talent that Landwehr has even come close to. Uh, the kind of competition that Ige's fought over the past five years is absolutely insane. Um, I mean, Landwehr's like 34 now. So like, why are people running around acting like this guy's like, young and coming up and getting some wins now he's 34 years old like it's, this dude's old man i like Ige a lot in this spot uh maybe i'm i'm proven wrong by landwire but man at minus 250 240 i that's kind of wild to me man so i, I like Ige a lot he's he's already in multiple parlays for me Brad? Feels about right to me. Uh, I, I think that Landwehr is going to drag him into a fight. Uh, Ige can't really wrestle. Um, so Landwehr is going to come forward. Ige is going to land on him. Landwehr is going to keep coming forward. Ige is probably going to keep landing on him. Uh, and, and at some point, Landwehr is just going to throw enough that he's going to start landing stuff. And I just don't think it's going to be quite enough for him. Uh, Ige is clean enough that... He's going to land some some sharp shots. Uh, maybe he's been uh, watching the old tape, and he learns that if you throw a knee up the middle, you're going to knock Nate Landwehr out. Um, Ige is pretty short. I'm not sure if he can get his knee up uh, high enough to do that. 
but yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna be in a fight. He, he's gonna know that he's in a fight in this one, but uh, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna pull it off. Yeah, I like Ige in this one. I think this is a technical striker versus the Wild Man, which the Wild Man doesn't have like big power. Like Nate Landerwear doesn't have this massive power. He just wears on dudes. He he brings it to him and wears on him and. I think Ige, unless Landerwork can get some takedowns and actually do damage on top, I think he's just going to roll to hurt here. I think he's going to be a little too wild. I think he's going to get countered to death. His wrestling is not very good unless he tires guys out and wears them down and gets the takedown. I just don't see that happening here. I think when both guys are fresh and if Ige is not gassed, I, I don't see him getting easy takedowns. And I, I think Ige's cardio will hold up fine. I just think his takedown defense will hold up fine. And I think he just boxes his face off. I don't think it's finished. Landerware is too stupid to get finished. But um, I, I think Ige as a parlay piece is more than okay. All right. Welterweight, Mike Mallet, Adam Fugget. Fugit. Nougat? New Sean. This is a third Big from name. the top fight on a pay-per-view. Pretty good. Yeah, I don't Pretty care. Good. Uh are they trying to push Mike Malott to be this Canadian seems like guy? It, it seems, seems like way. He's I, the number fourth ranked Canadian in the world. I know. He's he's getting up there. I don't know if he's that good. I don't know if Adam I don't think Adam Fuggett is that good either. So this is you know pretty Fuggett's low bad. level shit for a for a pay per view in my opinion. Uh I'll pick the not Canadian guy. West Malad is is not good. I don't get the push here. Um, I guess the line's about right though. Like he should be favored. He's probably a little better than than old fuck it. But man, I, I'm picking fuck it and uh and Talmaster. Like there's no way I'm. I want anything to do with Mike Malat as a minus two hundred favorite. Um, not gonna bet. Fuck it. I'm staying away from this fight, but Malat is, is horrible. Do not lay minus 200 on Mike Malat. Please, just don't do that. Brad? Yep. Uh, third from the top on a pay-per-view, and we've got a guy that's 1-1 one one in the UFC against a guy who's 2-0 and o in the UFC. Uh, one of those was over. Mickey Go. <laughs> yeah. So he's like 1.5-0 and, a half and o in the UFC. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, I just like this is a dog shit fight for being the third highest fight on the card. I don't, I don't think this deserves anybody's time or to be in this spot on the card. Um. Usually in this spot, if the UFC wants a guy to win, they're pretty good at matching him up well to to make him win. So. I guess maybe they see something in, in Fugget that uh, Malat can exploit. I don't know that I do. I haven't seen enough of either of these guys to really have a, a great feel for this fight. So nothing for me here. Um, might be a, a double dog walk main card on this Ooh. one. Third, third from the top of a pay-per-view, and we're talking about dog walks. I, I think I think this will be a – it doesn't mean anything, but I think it will be a fun enough fight. I mean, Malat's finished – every win he's had and fuck it has been knocked out at all his losses. I think it'll at least be fun. And I think to Brad's point, the UFC is pushing ballot here and my lot, whatever stupid Canadian name is. Um, or, or 
did they just not have anything for this car? So they're like, hey, this dude's Canadian. He looks okay, and he's like. But if that was true, they put Chris Curtis Unimoff on the main card. Well, he's not Canadian, though. Like, they're just trying to throw a Canadian up on the main card. I mean. I don't know. Mallet's looked okay in his fights. Fuckett's been knocked out twice. Mallet's won every, every fight inside the distance. I haven't seen it come out across the board, but I think on some of the offshore books, they had Mallet inside the distance, like, minus 125 or so. And I think he more than likely gets a finish here if he wins, so you don't have to weigh the minus 200. So, yeah. depending on where that opens, I don't think that's the worst play. Um Fuckett sucks. We know he sucks. We've seen him. He's not good. And I think Mike Malley is at least a finisher. And he's beating up guys that are similar to Fuckett. Like, is he really that much worse than Mickey Gall and these other guys he's fought? No. Um, so I, I think, you know, if it's minus 120, minus 130, some of that range, it might be worth a stab here on the inside of the distance on Malley. All right. Come in. Event. Event. Main event. Main event. Main event. Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Takes on Benil Dariush. New shot. Should be fun. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Dari, like what Dariush's game plan is, because I don't think he has good enough wrestling to take down Dubronx. And even if he, he does. does, I I don't know if that's a great idea. I know Dariush is a, a very accomplished grappler, but. Um, the the guys that the the guys that Dariush has been able to out wrestle do not have good wrestling. Dubronx has good wrestling. So he's a D one All American in my mind. I think Dubronx dictates where this fight happens, good. whether it's on the feet or on the ground. And I like Dubronx there. Like I know, I know Dariush is striking is is come a ways, but it's it's still not amazing. Um. Dubronx is, is very, very good. Um, he's got to keep that, that chin checked or uh, tucked in, and I think he'll have a good night. Uh, I don't know whether he knocks him out or submits him. I would tend to think that he's probably going to knock him out uh, on the feet, but never you never know with Dubronx. He uh, he likes to surprise us, so uh, the bet's going to be Dubronx. It's, uh, it's going to be back to glory. Wes? Yeah, I, I think Dubronx has um, an advantage wherever this fight plays out. I just think he's got the much better power on the feet at this point. Like, Dubronx hits fucking hard now. I think his striking is slightly better than, than Darius. Just don't think Darius has, like, finishing power to where Dubronx does. And, like, MMA grappling. Like, Darius is an accomplished grappler. MMA grappling, this isn't close. Like, Dobronx is the far superior MMA grappler, uh, especially when it comes to finishing fights. So, I just think Darius is in danger wherever this fight is. Um, how can you not like Dobronx at, at dog money again? Wh- whether you like, you kind of lean Darius in this fight, like getting the plus money on a former champion who is dangerous wherever this fight is, is kind of incredible. Uh, Doe Bronx inside the distance is plus 170. Um, I think that's a, a, a pretty, pretty good bet. I'm probably going to split it between uh, inside the distance and take a little money line as well. And I think Doe Bronx is in line to, to get another shot at that belt. Islam will just retire before that happens. We all know he was sick or something. Whatever. 
Brad? Yeah, this I, I we've been here before. Like a lot. How do we keep how do we keep doing this? How is New Bronx once again a decent underdog? Like Benny's a good fighter. He's you know he's a good fighter. Yeah, he's de- he's de- he's decent. Been he's around decent. for a while. I'll say this: he's the worst guy New Bronx has fought since before COVID. Yep. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, had a a nice performance against Gamrot, uh, but that was very out of character for him. Uh, didn't attempt a single takedown in that fight. Managed to to beat Gamrot on the back of his striking and being able to defend takedowns really well and scramble and and get back to his feet or get some some positions where he needed them. I don't think much of any of that is in play uh, against Dubronx. Uh, I think that Benny's going to have to come out, and his best bet in this fight is to wrestle and get on top of Dubronx and hope that he can hang around in his guard uh, and you know ride out rounds. Don't think he's doing much in terms of damage or anything there, because um, on the feet. This is this is a mismatch. Uh, you know, I know you have to go back several years because it's been a long time since uh, Darius has fought any sort of dangerous strikers, but knocked out by Alexander Hernandez, knocked out by Edson Barbosa, knocked out by Ramsey Nijum. Like this is not his. He team. used. We used to talk about his chin, right? Like we used to oh, still, call him like still there. Well, there just hasn't been anybody. But yeah, we that. used to. Yeah, we used to talk about it a lot. Like he's chinny. That's why I'll never win a title. He's so chinny. Yeah, I mean Dober's and, the only guy he's faced with real power over the right? last. Yeah, and Dober can't five wrestle. years, <laughs> and and he just yeah. and Dober he can't wrestle like at all. So yeah, so I, I think that uh, it, it's kind of back to old Benny in this one. Uh, he might try to, to wrestle a little bit. I think that Dubronx's wrestling has improved to the point where he can stop those takedowns. He punishes guys when they go for takedowns and they don't get them against him. Uh, when they lock up in the clinch, he's ripping shots to the body. Um, knees. Yep. Knees, knees to the body. Yep. Brutal in there against Dubronx. And I think he's going to knock Benny out. I don't even think it's gonna, he's going to bother having to go for a submission after that. Uh, I know that uh, Lance has Dubronx sub one in there, uh, but I think it's uh, it's Dubronx KO time in this one. Question. Like plus, plus 125, plus 130 on the money line, and then another 50 cents on top of that for inside against the guy that usually gets finished when he loses. Whew. I like some this of that. Dubronx hurting. Does Dobronx hurt him and go for the sub, though? That's, that's all- very possible. He always does yeah. it. Even when he rocks guys, he'll just jump on a neck. Cause unless they're real hurt. And th- th- this fight, this line is interesting to me. And just like looking at people on Twitter and just, it's like, we forgot the last four years. I, I think when you look at the run, this man was on, it- it's one of the most impressive runs in UFC history. It was four straight guys inside the top five. One of them completely dismantled and basically removed from the game in Tony Ferguson, then he finishes three of the most dangerous guys in the entire UFC. He finished all of them. And 
he was an underdog, I think, in in all of those in all of those sure. fights. He's always an underdog. Mm-hmm. And yep. in some ways I understood him being an underdog, which I'm obviously biased. Like in Ferguson fight, this is before Tony was like completely worse and can rock Redskins. Um, Michael Chandler has that massive KO power. It was for the belt. How is Dubronx going to deal with that? Poirier's Poirier. Everyone knows about Poirier. He's he's just a great fighter, and everyone loves Poirier. Justin Gaethje, most violent dude in the UFC, dangerous, can finish, big power. Dubronx has been knocked out a lot. And then I look at this fight. I I don't. I could be wrong. I don't see the clear path. I think in all those fights he was underdog. I think everyone saw a clear path to victory. I don't know what that. I don't know what that path is here for Darius because Darius striking. Sure, I, I guess you could say his striking's evolved. I, I don't know if it has evolved. I don't know if it's any better. I think he caught some guys. He throws these wide looping shots when he lands, and a striker like Dubronx, who is very compact, who rarely throws wide strikes. He's going to eat at that. He's going to he's going to throw shots up the middle. He's going to throw technical strikes. And if this fight does go to the ground, and I, I do think that is Derry, that's going to be, whether it's his game plan or not, it's going to be his game plan after a couple minutes. Because if Dubronx starts, you know, striking at range, or God forbid for Darius's health, if Dubronx gets that clinch where he's one the of the body. most devastating clinch guys to the body you'll see with his yeah. knees. Um, I think it's Darius trying to get on top and just kind of pointing out rounds. It doesn't work with Dubronx because most guys can't get effective strikes off on Dubronx from the top, at least early on, because he's so dangerous with his guard. And I don't know. I think Dubronx also can keep this fight standing. He's a much better wrestler. He's a much better striker. He's the better finisher. I just don't. I just don't understand this line. He's younger. Like th- there's there's nothing that points me to towards Darius being a favorite. It's like we watched that. Is on fight and, and Dubronx looked off from the bell that night. Like he got dominated, but he looked off instantly in well, that even fight. When he got taken down in that fight, McEnchies didn't do anything to him on top. It wasn't no. until he actually rocked him on the feet that he could do yeah. anything to yeah. Dubronx on the ground. But Dubronx just looked off that fight. He looked off yeah. from the bell with his striking with with everything. I don't know if it was, I don't I don't know what it was, but it, Darius is not is not that he he's. He's not that guy. Like, he's just not. Like, I can't see Darius doing that. I think Dubronx is just too technical of a striker. And Islam's not the best striker ever, but he, he's more of a tight type of striker versus Darius's wide strikes. And I just think, I think Dubronx is better everywhere. And we're, get, we're getting him at another at an underdog, and I think he's he's hungry. He's a, he's a hungry fighter right now. I think he's embarrassed by his performance. I think he wants another shot. They've said, I believe, that the winner of this fight gets another title shot. I don't know who else there would be. Um, outside of this, and I, I think it's I think it's all Dubronx. I, I think he hurts him on the feet. I think Darius shoots a takedown. And I think Dubronx gets his his guillotine when he hurts guys. In the, the reason he gets so many finishes too, he hurts guys in the feet. He rocks them. Yeah, he rocks them yeah. on the feet and then gets on top, and that's just his mo. Or if a guy shoots a sloppy shot like a quick Guida fight, fights like that, where guys will get hurt and shoot on just instinct. And a guy like Darius, who's a wrestler first, a sub guy first, he's going to get hurt. His instinct is going to be to shoot. When you shoot a hurt, lazy shot on Dubronx, you're you're getting choked out, and I think that's going to be the outcome. And I don't think we're going to see a second round. There, you, I'll tell you what: the videos of Dubronx the past couple of weeks, there ain't no riding horses or walking with lions and shit. Mm-mm. That dude is in shape, bro. Like he, he looks is. absolutely ripped. He is he ready for this fight. I, I think I think he's going to absolutely. Imbi- I think people are going to remember. I do too. 
remember Dubronx and like the the run he he went on and people just seem to forget about it and like you see all the highlights popping up from his last few fights and those last three fights to me are like probably my three favorite moments in UFC history and I know I'm biased and I love Dubronx but they were all big fucking moments against fights he was supposed to lose even as the champ and I just think we're going to see a. We, I think we're going to see the new Bronx before Islam in this fight, and I think it's it's going to be ugly, and people are going to look pretty stupid. We we got we got Glover and Do Bronx like in the same time frame. Yeah, that, uh, that the Glover was, one that was Glover one was that was special. That whole that was, like small little good. time frame is gonna is one of my favorite kind of yeah. areas of moments and and watching fights for thirty yeah. fucking years, man. Do Bronx finishing Chandler was my. That was probably my second favorite sports moment of my lifetime. Like, I, it was just the whole thing. Like, I went to, like, a dark place in that first round. <laughs> dark. Just dark, dark place. And then, you know, I worked I worked my way up there and that finished the second round. It was, just, up, up, up. it was just amazing. Ooh. Like, the, the finish, the comeback, like, 2005 White Sox World Series was number one. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. It's been a long time. A long time since the White Sox are there, but anyway, consensus, consensus, bet of the week, obviously Charles Oliveira, and hopefully he gets uh he shows a little bit better. I, I do think he's got if he wins this fight. I I don't think that first Islam fight was was Dubronx. I think he'd come in with a better game plan, better into the fight, and I think he can give him a shot. So, all right, let's now move on to the uh, the post limit. shit. Yeah, uh, Irene Aldana <laughs> versus Amanda Nunez. Um, we post limb. Post limb. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Bronx was small. Was a small favorite in the Chandler and Gaethje fight. So was he? Like, yeah, we didn't, get, we didn't get plus inside money the on those. inside but the inside, inside the distance. Inside was, on both yeah, those, yeah, plus yeah, money, obviously. Fight, but he was a favorite in the Gaethje fight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Nunez takes her down and smashes her on the ground. Um. Looks like I should have taken uh, inside the distance when I was looking at it. It was like minus one ten. It opened. Now it's. Up to minus 150. Might have to shop around, see if I can get a cheaper price. But uh, this is going to be all Nunez on the ground, smashing. Yeah, one, I, I'll actually be kind of surprised if Aldana even makes weight. Like, I, I was reading something. I don't think she's made this weight in like, like four or five years. Actually. Yeah, she's like. It's always 46. Or, or yeah, sorry, she, 36, 35. Yeah, she's. I think. Um, I, I'm with Sean. It's it's uh, it's probably takedown and smash here. Uh, Nunez inside the distance is creeping up, but that's still very very playable. Um, I got Nunez with uh, Ige at slight juice in one of my Ige parlays, and I like Nunez inside the distance. Um, it's a good price. I'm not sure how many times we see uh, Nunez at that kind of price if we ever ever see her too many more times again, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I really didn't want to have an opinion on this fight because <laughs> it's just embarrassing that this is happening after Dubronx. Uh, it's a slap in the face to anyone that, that likes MMA. But then I saw the line and the fact that Nunez is minus 300, like just over minus 300 to a chick who was losing she was on her way to, to losing Chase, Chase to macy Chase Chase <laughs> yep. in her last fight on her on her back getting smashed most of the fight like what is nunez yep. gonna do this chick holy fuck 
yeah, this is this is a bad line. I I don't know if people think that it was like skill that she up kicked her to the liver and like trained her way. Like that that is one of the most fluky outcomes that you'll see in MMA. That was not. She wasn't like I'm trying to kick her in the liver. She was just flailing her legs, and one of them happened to hit her. In a, they say there's no fluky strikes in MMA. If you throw it, you intend for it to land. That she was a fluky in, strike. Yeah, she wasn't That's, intended for no fucking up kick liver shot. No, no, like she's gonna get smashed on the ground in this fight. Uh, I'll probably do like Nunez, Dvorak, uh, maybe throw something else in there to to get it to plus money, but. I don't know what that's sitting at right now, but uh, that that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I like Nunez here. I think the line's weird. I, I just I'm so over like ban- women's bantamweight. It's it's so awful. Like it I mean, why can't stop, why get, stop there? Why it stop? can't get <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean it's all bad, but women's bantamweight is like especially bad. Like Let's, it's not nothing. just you. Here's the update on the numbers. I am on the, the UFC the countdown show? page right now. Um, That's wild. So that was live really numbers. <laughs> live numbers. Here we go. The the Dubronx Dariush countdown, 464,000 views uh, two days ago. The full episode countdown, uh, 429,000 views. Less. So there's there's fewer people that watch that one. And the Nunez Aldana countdown, sixty-one thousand. <laughs> more than I thought. On the eighth, on the eighth, <laughs> and that's the that's the main event. Main event. They, they, I don't get why they keep putting this on pay per view. Like you're welcome, Canada. Like, like she doesn't draw. Like put Nunez Aldana as a a, a main event. ESPN. Like, call. Call Dobronx and Dariush a title eliminator. You can make it five rounds main event, oh, yeah. and you could That's keep Nunez. Event, right? And you could keep Nunez as a co-main and have a title fight co-main. Like that's what they should have done. It, it's going to be such a letdown. Like you get a Dubrox fight followed by an Irene Aldana fight. Like it's not. It's not good. But I'll be betting on on Nunez here just so I have some some rooting interest. And I think the lines. I think the lines off. I mean Aldana's not good. She's a the fifth ranked that shit should be minus a, minus a thousand like yeah, that should not, legit be minus a thousand it's not a good it's not a good line here so yeah i'll have nunez parlayed with someone but that'll do it for this week's show i appreciate everyone hanging with us and hopefully it was entertaining more entertaining than I think a lot of this part will be but i will be watching it i got a i'm playing golf in the morning so i'll be i'll be here and we'll be back next week for ufc and espn victory there's actually some smoking fights on that so we'll be back next week to talk about that let's